welcome to episode two of the Uncomfortable Moments podcast. I think it is only fitting to start by talking about the discomfort of actually starting a podcast. And in other words, the discomfort of doing things that you really want to do, you sort of know you're meant to do, but there is something that is stopping you and you don't know exactly what. So for full transparency, this is actually the second time I'm recording this episode and it will become a lot more clear when I explain a little bit behind the scenes. But I recorded this exact episode about three weeks ago where I talked about all of the fears that I had about starting a podcast, why I hadn't done it before. And the act of actually doing that allowed me for things to fall into place finally so I can start and launch my podcast. So even though this is me re-recording a lot of that content, I'm just able to add a little bit of snippets of the actual proof that what I'm sharing works. So if you're excited to learn a little bit more about my process of moving through discomfort when it comes to doing difficult but important things, keep on listening. So about three weeks ago, I was reading the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Really recommend that book if you're in any sort of creative field or if you want to do something like start a YouTube channel, become a photographer, post on social media, anything that is somewhat creative, even if it's like writing posts on LinkedIn, that book is really, really good. And there was a quote in there that was saying, done is better than good. Now, if you're anything like me and you identify with some perfectionistic tendencies, you may have heard the very unhelpful saying of done is better than perfect. I don't know if that's ever helped anyone who actually struggles with that, but hearing it in a way of done is better than good, I realized that this is not even perfectionism. It's just me not following through on the things I wanted to do. And I got really kind of retrospective and realized that if I started my podcast last year, as I had planned, and only recorded one episode per week, I would have done over 50 episodes and would be able to put podcaster and host of this and that podcast on my bio. And I hadn't done that. And just realizing that three weeks ago, it was a Sunday evening, I was in bed, 9pm, really, really not the right time by any means to record a podcast episode, but I just got up and did it. I downloaded Audacity, which is where I'm recording the podcast, got my microphone in bed and just went and recorded it. It was not perfect by any means, but it really helped me to overcome this initial resistance of getting started. So I actually started to look into what I had been waiting for and what excuses I had given myself in order to not do it. And this is something that I recommend anyone do it because unless you know what your mind is telling you, it's really hard to move forward. So I ask myself, okay, like what am I waiting for? And I realize I'm waiting to have all my ducks in a row. So the first thing that you may resonate with if you're writing a book, if you want to start a YouTube channel, anything like that, is waiting for the perfect name to arrive. Oh my God. I don't know what it is, but working on something that doesn't have a name makes me extremely uncomfortable. It feels like there is no purpose to it. And for me, that just stops a lot of the creative process. But the thing is, just like with babies, right, a lot of people pick the name of the baby when the baby arrives, right? Some people have the name from before and that's great, 
But for other people, they carry the baby for nine months and it's only when the baby arrives that they realize is that name right or they come up with a name. And it's a little bit like this with some projects, like with my podcast. The name didn't arrive until I had actually started recording it. The next thing that I had been waiting for is the perfect setup. And in all honesty, I had taken a little bit of action on that because about a year ago, I decided that I actually have to do something about it. So about a year ago, I went online and I did a little bit of research, half an hour, found a microphone that works and was within my budget and I ordered it, arrived the next day and I've been using that microphone ever since. I've not recorded podcast episodes, but I've been using it to record my course and right now, like when I'm doing sessions, I think it creates a much better quality. So that part I actually had figured out. So it wasn't that that was actually stopping me. Another big thing that was preventing me from moving forward was not really knowing who I'm exactly talking to and the topics I want to cover. I'm very much a multi-passionate person. I'm interested in a lot of different things. And my situation right now, both being an entrepreneur, business owner, but also working in a company that isn't my own, is a little bit unique. You know, like when I used to have only my own business, I thought about just talking to entrepreneurs. But right now... I also talk and I work with a lot of people who have more traditional careers. And so that sort of ambiguity of who I'm actually going to talk to and what topics I'm going to cover, again, made me procrastinate and made me not want to move forward. And finally, I also couldn't decide what format I want to have the podcast in. You know, again, this is the paradox of choice. When you have too much choice, it's just really hard to pick because you always feel like there is a better option. So I couldn't decide whether I want to have solo episodes, whether I want to have guests, whether I want to co-host it with someone, whether I want to talk about my own story or do interviews. Like, I just couldn't decide. And in the end... I had to realize that all of those things that were limiting me, the lack of name, the lack of setup equipment, the lack of audience and topics and the lack of format knowledge, all of those things were just excuses that my mind had made up because it didn't want to go through this comfort of actually starting a new project, figuring things that I didn't know how to figure and also some underlying fears that I'll examine in just a second. So here is how I actually moved forward. And that is a strategy that may or may not work for you, but I found that external accountability really, really helps me out. So about a year ago, when I started to work for the company I'm working at, I was actually hired to create a curriculum for non-technical teaching of people who are returning to tech. And I had so many different ideas. I started to outline the plan and I had almost formed a curriculum, but I couldn't find a perfect name for how to call this side of the program. And there were ideas like personal growth, personal development, career management, career design, and none of those things actually fit. It wasn't perfect, it wasn't right, and it was really annoying me because I couldn't go ahead and then talk to people about what I do because I couldn't put a name to it. So here's what happened. I had a deadline by which I had to actually start delivering sessions. And so I went and started bloody delivering sessions. I didn't tell people, hey, I'm this and this kind of coach or this is this part of the program. I just said, these are the sessions and this is the first session we're going to have together. 
the lack of name didn't prevent me in that case from moving forward because there was this external accountability of people are expecting me and are paying me to actually do this. So I'm just going to go and do it. And so I started teaching and having conversations. And within that period, the perfect name came career and mindset management. But I would have never arrived at that name if I hadn't actually started doing it and delivering it. And so I decided to take the same approach for the podcast. The first thing I did is actually started recording episodes in the hope that in recording episodes, the topics that I really like talking about will emerge and the audience, the people that I want to share this with, again, will become more clear and a perfect name is going to come. And then I did the second part, which is the deadline or external accountability. I go to a book club and someone asked about the book that we were reading, whether someone's going to take any action. And I said, hey, I'm just putting it out there. I've decided to start a podcast. And so now there were 20 people who are somewhat expecting me to start a podcast. And that has put a lot of pressure, which doesn't feel comfortable, but that's exactly how it should feel, right? If it was comfortable, I would be able to ignore it. But now the people know about it. I feel a little bit more pressure and accountability to actually go ahead and do it. This may not work for every single one of you. I know some people kind of crumble under that pressure and just decide not to do stuff. I've definitely been there. But I have found that for me right now, having external accountability and then starting before you feel ready and not waiting to have all your ducks in a row, that actually helped me to figure out what I want to talk about, how to name the podcast and to actually go ahead, launch it and publish it. So, as I promised, I want to share with you the exercise that I did last time that I started recording that really, really helped me to move forward. So, the exercise is called a fear-setting exercise. And if you're a fan of Tim Ferriss, you probably have heard of him and of that exercise. However, if you're new to it, I'll just walk you very quickly through what I did and how I did it, just so you can see how you can do it for yourself. So the exercise has basically three parts. The first one is all around identifying your fears and figuring out how impactful they are and whether you can actually do something about them. The second part is around recognizing the benefits of doing the thing you actually want to do and the impact that can have on your life. And the final part is around the cost of not doing the thing you actually want to do, how it's going to impact you short term, but also longer term as well. So here is what I actually did. The first part was all about letting my mind run free and wild and go into catastrophic scenarios, okay? So you probably know for your own brain if it's something that you want to do, like public speaking, writing a book, posting something a bit controversial, right? Something that you actually want to do, but that feels very uncomfortable and scary. Your mind will start creating those pictures of everyone's going to hate me. Everyone's going to absolutely like despise this thing. People are going to leave. No one's going to talk to me. All of those things, like whatever your mind is picturing, that is absolutely fine. So I asked myself, what am I actually picturing? And I realized that there were a couple of situations that were popping up in my head. The first one was people are going to listen to the podcast and find it boring and decide not to listen to it anymore and not to be my friends. Basically, people are going to leave. And I asked myself, okay, so if that happens, how impactful is that? Right? That's the question you need to ask yourself. 
And I realized that people not listening to my podcast is maybe unpleasant, maybe it's gonna hurt my ego, but in the grand scheme of things, the impact out of 10 is maybe a three or a four. Uncomfortable, but definitely something I can live with. And I also realized that I can mitigate that fear by just reframing it for myself because I realized that even though I love some creators on YouTube and some of my own mentors, I really love them as people, but I don't necessarily watch or listen to every single thing that they create. And so the reframe for me was people can think my podcast is boring and not listen to it, but still want to be my friends or still want to work with me. And I realized that that's actually a lot more helpful and helped me to settle that fear. The second one was that people would be disappointed because they expect to find some value in the podcast and they won't find it. And basically, again, they'll think I'm stupid, that they shouldn't listen, that I'm not worthy as a person. That was basically the deeper fear. And so something that I realized is that with everything, value is in the eye of the beholder or I guess in the case of a podcast, the value is in the ear of the listener. So again, I started to evaluate, can I live with this? How impactful is this? And the thing is, nothing is really going to change if people think that my podcast is actually stupid or not worthy. Again, maybe five, like it's unpleasant. Maybe someone's going to send me a message that they expected better of me, but that's it. And also, I found that we are very bad judges of the value of our own work. So I've spoken to numerous creators who told that maybe an Instagram story that they made very spontaneously or a very chatty podcast episode that they thought was really not going to help anyone and they were just kind of brain dumping a little bit that story just to remember it. Those were the things that actually connected with people the most. So basically you can create something that you think is very valuable that people completely don't resonate with and at the same time something that may be very trivial to you can be life-changing for someone else and I literally had a proof of that the other day when over the Christmas period I had been sending emails to people around different techniques that they can do to start the new year in a more positive mindset and one of the things that I shared was write really good things that happened in your day before you go to sleep it was a very very simple thing that I thought everyone knew however However, after we started the group call, one of the people on the call shared that that was life-changing for them. It's really helped them to feel a lot better, fall asleep a bit faster, all of that. And it was great, right? Because to me, that piece of advice, that email that I wrote, if I had to rate it on value, it would be probably one out of 10. But to the person who actually read it and found the value in there, it actually felt pretty valuable, pretty life-changing. And so this is the quote from, again, Big Magic. Don't set out to change someone's life because it creates so much pressure for your work to actually be important and meaningful. All you need to do is just go and have fun with whatever you're trying to do. So if you're trying to write a book or paint a painting or share on Instagram, focus on having fun. And to me... I'm creating this podcast, I realized, because it's fun for me to talk. And if people don't find value in it, that's okay, right? That's okay, because I don't need to determine what people find valuable and what they don't. Another very kind of small fear, but that still showed up, was that I'll pick a topic or I'll pick a name and then I will then be super limited and have to only talk about that. 
I realized that first of all, it's my bloody podcast. I can talk about anything that I want. Secondly, no one is saying that I only need to have one podcast. I can have a different podcast if I want to talk about something completely different or if I want to have a different co-host and topics and ideas that I want to share in a different way. Nothing is stopping me from actually doing that. Another fear that is a little bit related to, I guess, fear of success is that people will listen, they'll like it, but then there's going to be so much pressure for me to deliver more and more of that content. And that's something that is actually relatively realistic because I have experienced that in the past when you deliver good work, maybe you can relate to that. When you deliver really good work, maybe you prepare something really tasty and then people are like, okay, like, so from now on, you're the person that's going to cook that, right? So it's a little bit like that. And again, I realized that, yeah, first of all, I actually like being in the spotlight. People's expectations to an extent help me to deliver good work, but also I give myself full permission to have a varied quality of episodes. Everyone does. I don't love every single episode of some of my favorite TV shows. I love Friends. And there are still maybe about 10 episodes that I generally skip because I just don't really like them. But overall, it's one of my favorite TV shows and I still love it. So I suppose I can just focus on the fun of creating the podcast, giving myself full permission that out of maybe 50 episodes, five of them are going to suck. And that's fine. So by reframing all of those fears and realizing that those are semi-realistic scenarios, but they're actually not impactful at all and I can recover from each and every one of them or I can take measures to actually prevent some things from happening, then it actually gave me a lot of calmness and a lot of permission to just move forward with it. The next thing I did was looking into what are the benefits of actually starting a podcast. So that's the second part of the fear setting exercise. Find a way to list all of the different benefits that doing the thing you want to do is going to help you in your life, not just short term, but also longer term. Think about all of the things it can teach you in terms of skills, in terms of experience. What are you going to learn about yourself? How is your life going to be better if you do it? So for me, I realized that I can become a much better speaker because recording an episode will give me a valuable experience of expressing my thoughts more concisely and more clearly, which I'm sort of failing, I feel right now, because I've been talking for quite a while. But at the same time, this is definitely how you become better. And it was the case with me in YouTube videos. My first few YouTube videos were really cringeworthy. But now if I have to record the course or anything like that, I'm a lot better. The second benefit is that creating long-form content such as a podcast can be really, really helpful because I can share a lot more than I could ever do in an Instagram story, a LinkedIn post or anything like that. Long-form content allows you to tell a narrative, to share a lot more advice and give a bit of nuance and context to what you're trying to share. And also it can be reused, you know, I'm creating this podcast, but it doesn't mean that that's the only form that this content can and will be shared. And so it, it's creating assets for myself in order to be able to reach more people. And that was the next benefit. And maybe for me, that's the most impactful one. I am one person and no matter how much time I spend meeting people, whether that's one-to-one, doing group sessions, speaking in public... I would probably be able to reach hundreds or maybe thousands of people over my lifetime. But that's it. 
And if I want to reach tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, I can't do that in person. I can't do this single-handedly. And this is where media leverage, which is something that Naval Ravikant talks about in his book, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant, um, this is where media leverage is really important because you get to do something once and then use technology and media to actually share that multiple times and independent of time. Right? Someone can be listening to this episode three years from now and still find it helpful and I don't need to be there to actually teach those concepts and share those stories. And so for me, that power, that sort of idea that I can create leverage for myself and help more people, reach more people in a way, right? Expand myself, amplify myself and my reach. That is very, very exciting because it gives me more power and more chance of actually making some sort of impact. And another maybe more of a personal benefit, but I'm definitely a verbal processor. I love journaling and journaling is a great way for me to clarify thoughts when I'm not very certain on things. But a different way of doing it for me is definitely talking it out. I don't know if you'll find this weird or not. Maybe you do it, maybe you don't. But I talk to myself when I'm processing and that is a really great way to understand how I feel about something, to clarify my thoughts. And so sometimes I will start recording a podcast episode and then find out that, oh, I'm actually thinking something in a different way than I thought I was. And so even if I never release that episode, the sole act of talking to the microphone and talking for 15 minutes about something really, really helps me to figure it out. So Whatever it is for you, if you're trying to write a book, maybe that's a way for you to creatively express yourself and just feel passionate and feel invigorated and inspired. Find the benefits for yourself of doing the thing that you actually want to do. And the final thing is to actually spring your mind into action. You have to show your brain what is the cost of something. Because as humans, we are motivated by pleasure, but also by fear, right? And so the pleasure part is all of the benefits you're going to get. But fear is actually a stronger motivator than pleasure. And so you have to basically scare yourself into action for your brain to decide to move from its comfortable state right now. And so what the fear setting exercise advises you to do is basically look into what's the cost of not doing the thing you want to do for six months, for a year, and then in three years time. For six months, I decided that, well, the biggest thing I'm going to feel is disappointment. And I know that very well because that's how I felt over the past year because I've wanted to start a podcast and I've not done it. So I'll have this feeling of disappointment, feeling like I've wasted my time, I've not used my potential, and that's quite unpleasant. So it's definitely not something that I want to go through. In one year's time, though, I realized that there is more than just a disappointment. There are missed opportunities to perhaps connect with more people, establish myself, establish myself as a coach, as an authority, as someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Because I've been hearing that from other people, but unless you actually meet me and talk to me, you will never know that. And so there isn't a way for me at the moment to share all of the things I've learned, all of the things that I've processed, I've read, and it's kind of a missed opportunity in there, right? And in a three years time, I realized that, well, not starting a podcast is starting to have different implications. So there is a potential, for example, to lose revenue, right? Because podcasts 
overall, whether directly or indirectly, are a way for people to make money, grow their business, grow and establish themselves. I may have missed on amazing people that I would have met through that podcast, whether that's guests or people who just listen to it. And I'll have definitely missed creating an audience and just people that I want to talk to, right? And so there is a lot of actual costs of inaction. Because very often we think that, well, if I don't make a decision, nothing bad is happening. But the thing is that staying in indecision is also a decision. It's simply a decision not to move forward. And that has implications, that has costs. So something that I've learned from reading a lot of successful people's biographies, listening to them on podcasts, is that winners move fast. Now, it doesn't mean making irrational decisions or rush decisions, but meaning that when you decide to do something, you don't sit on it for six months or for a year. And I'm definitely trying to be more like that. It's definitely not my natural way of doing things. I love to like deliberate and have my ducks in a row, like I shared, to feel really solid and strong. And that is part connected to my human design, which is something I can talk about another time. But once I realized that about myself, I realized that, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable when I do a lot of things I don't know how to do that I'm not very good at. And I still want to do them because there is still a lot of potential impact that I can make. And I just want to have fun as well with it. I want to know a year from now that I've actually launched 50 episodes, even if they're all bad. I will have done 50 episodes, talked about 50 things. And to me, that's really, really exciting. And so that exercise, when I did it a couple of weeks ago, really, really helped me to put things into perspective. And it really helped me to solidify why I wanted to do the podcast. So as I mentioned, I recorded that episode and gave myself full permission not to publish it, but I had to record it. And I was very serious that, hey, I've actually recorded episode one of my podcast. And with that, you know, I made this commitment to myself and then publicly that I'm going to do it. And so I'm doing it. So whatever it is you're trying to do, first of all, investigate what are the excuses that you're giving yourself? What are you waiting for? And then do the fear setting exercise to recognize what fears you may have and analyze the benefits and the costs of actually taking action and not taking action. It can really put things into perspective for yourself and it can help you to actually move forward and do the damn thing. So if that was helpful, please hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you and let me know which part of this you resonated the most with. I love talking about this and I will see you in the next episode.